Welcome, you're listening to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper in content and conversation of last Sunday's sermon at Westside in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. And we're back. Yeah, we're back. We've been in front of microphones all day. Yes. I say all day. We just came from the radio station promoting uh, Easter at the Rogers and our Good Friday service, which are coming up. Good Friday is this Friday. Uh, If you're listening to this, uh, it's Wednesday for you now. It's Tuesday for us. We're recording. (laughs) But this Friday, um, this Friday, April 15th, from noon to 1.30 p.m., we are having a Good Friday service at Westside, 2807 Shannon Drive in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And... Excuse me. What we are doing through this service is doing what we've done the last several years when we've done Good Friday service. It's remembering the death of Jesus and almost putting ourselves in the atmosphere and the room and the structure of the service in such a way that sort of joins into that hopelessness, that fear, that surprise that the disciples felt, because for them, that was it. That that was the end of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought that Jesus was going to save them from Rome, the Roman government, and that he was going to bring his kingdom. And and then he died, and they put him in a tomb, and you know they were all fearful of their lives. And it, it, it's a wild story. They all went back to what they were doing, what they were doing before, maybe on the run. And we are going to enter into that. So the Good Friday service, it will be dark when you enter. Uh, I blacked out all the windows yesterday nice. in the chapel, which is always fun. I do the test. I turn off the light switches, and I'm like, yeah, it's it's pitch black in here. And then uh, we'll, we'll, there won't be a lot of singing. I mean, Jewish tradition does, does have singing and mourning uh, as part of their tradition um, of mourning for lost ones, but in a lot of Scripture, we don't have much recorded of singing happening at the death of Jesus or at the grave of Jesus. And so we are. We will sing a couple verses from a couple songs that will point our attention to the cross. And what we're really doing is opening up after a time of devotion and a sermon from Pastor Jason, really opening up a large time for prayer and yeah. focused prayer. Um, and we'll have some prayer points on the screen to be guided and all of that. And if you're listening to this and you're part of Westside, we're asking that you fast from lunch that day. Uh, just so that we can kind of tune our hearts and and join in the tradition of fasting to let go of something and replace it with something else. And what we're replacing the food with in that moment is connection with the Lord through prayer and remembering the Good Friday story and Jesus's crucifixion. Absolutely. So, yeah. How are you, Nick? I'm great. I don't know why I just went into that. For I two love minutes. that you did. <laughs> so, it just yeah. Like, hey, yeah. I'll tag on the back end of this uh, what comes after Good Friday because uh, you can't have a resurrection Sunday without a crucifixion Friday. Absolutely. So we'll get into what we're doing for Easter this year. And if you haven't heard by now, you just live under a rock. Right. <laughs> like, there's, where you been? Yeah, yeah, where you been? So how are you? I'm great. I'm pumped. We're, we're yeah. counting down. We are five days out from Easter. Yeah. Well, what's life been like for you for the last couple of weeks? I mean, I know a little taste, but I'd love for people to hear like what Easter preparation looks like for you. Oh, Easter preparation. It's the best time ever That's for different me. for you guys this year now, too, because Kids Side's involved. Well, like, last year. So, like on stage is what I yes, mean. Yes, yeah. on stage. Um. So for those who've not been a part of a Westside Easter celebration, this will be our fourth time taking it off campus. Yeah. Easter COVID took us out for a whole Easter. That would This would be our fifth year. Yeah. But what we do is we have a big kid's side booth. There's balloons. There's fun. We always do a busy bag or a grab bag for yeah. the kids on the first Sunday of the month. Yeah. They get one for Easter. But we I get to shop and buy cool, fun stuff for families yeah. to do together. What's in the bags this year? We um, don't have kids who listen to this. No. And if they do, it's, it's um, exciting. They'll get to know. 
they get the Easter jelly beans, the jelly yeah. beans that describe what each color represents for Jesus. All There's, right. of course, chocolate and candy and crayons and all those fun things. I'm going to let my kids listen to this. Oh, absolutely. Well, <laughs> it, it'll get them pumped for it. Yeah. And then at the booth, we're going to have, we'll give away devotionals. Yeah. We'll give away candy and pop it, yeah. little thingy, fidget things. Yes. And other bigger bubbles is yeah. another one, kites, a couple of Lego kits. Like, it's a fun. Yeah. The concession stand will be there. The kids will hype themselves up on sugar. Yeah. But my favorite part is the kids have been working really hard for about eight weeks now. Yeah. And they the kids are opening up Easter at the Rogers. Yes. Kids' side will be on stage That's right so out of the great. gate. And we are so excited for them. It's going to be awesome. And right after they're done and we do a call to worship, we are going to make a huge mess with confetti like we did uh, last year. I asked the groundskeeper, I was like, hey, we're going to make a massive mess. We have mm-hmm. like a thousand confetti cannons right. that were, or like 500. It's like one per family or something. I was like, do you, do you need us to stay and like clean up? And like, we, we can get a crew of people to do right. that. She's yeah. Like, no, don't worry about it. I oh, wow. Like, Are you kidding me? Shout like, out to the Rogers staff. So yeah, I'm hoping that's still in place. I need to reconnect and make sure that, right. <laughs> that they're going to do that for us this year. But man, we got some exciting things coming up with that. We also have some baptism classes and baptism signups coming up. We've got Mother's Day and baby dedications. Right. Spring is here. Yeah. Yeah, spring has sprung and the babies are arriving. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my daughter shows lambs for yeah. the fair every year. So we went Sunday. We did not bring the donkeys to church Sunday that we have in the past because yeah. of Palm Sunday. We had to go pick up lambs. And then last night, one of our female pup dogs had puppies. So yeah. spring, and we've got new babies that we've got families who aren't sure they're going to make it to Easter because they could be possibly having their own little right. celebration at home with their new bundle. Yeah. It's pretty fun. That's really awesome. Well, we are diving back into Memento Mori and the rest mm-hmm. of the sermon, kind of a little further in some conversation and maybe a little content. Um, if, if there are questions from this week, I don't have any, but whatever the question, wherever we end up landing, I have a lot of, I don't knows hey. <laughs> to say today in regards to, because I preached on Sunday and, uh, I, I was very excited because it was a culmination of two things. Number one, it was about worship and that's at the core of what I've been doing with Westside for the last seven to eight years. Yeah. And so I got real emotional. That was something that was very near and is very near and dear to my heart. And the second thing was sort of the application points, like like the really the 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 grunt of what's in the text in Revelation four one through eleven is like a peek behind the curtain. So it's not just what we're gonna do in heaven, which is what I talked about this Sunday, but it's what we're invited to do now. Yeah, to have a taste of heaven now on earth as it is in heaven. And so I'm excited about it. We're talking about uh, today. We're gonna kind of just maybe walk through a little bit of of what we talked about on Sunday and what we unpacked, and then any questions that arise, I can just yeah. say I don't know, and we can figure that out from there. So that's fair. So yeah. So we were in Revelation chapter. Four verses one through eleven, and in this scene, um, this is on the back half of—I'm sorry—on the back side of all of John's letters to the seven churches in Revelation. And he says in verse one of chapter four, after this, so it's after these letters that Jesus says, "Hey, say these things to the churches." John says, "After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven." And then there was a voice, and I heard this voice speaking to me like a trumpet, and said, "Come up here." And then the following ten verses are just an incredible description. Yes. Like a peek behind the curtain of what the throne room of God in his presence, his manifest presence looks like. And it is unbelievable. I mean, he's using words here that are difficult to even even describe, but what we basically unpacked like 
three key things of what we see John doing to answer the question of what, of what we see John seeing, to answer the question of what will we, what will we be doing in heaven. And so, and before we get into those three things, like, I wanted to talk, I, this is a good question we can ask, what were your thoughts of heaven? Like, have you ever thought about eternity or heaven? What was it? Maybe a conversation with a friend. And I love that you asked that in the sermon. Like, yeah. you know, you were very good at like, hey, raise your hand if this. And I loved that. The, the, the teacher. I live for making people uncomfortable and so raising their hands on If we force our kids to do it, we need to accept that in the same way. Yeah. And I think when people, I think in the scripture, we see the detail given the attention to detail is very specific. Yeah. There was gold here. There was a number for the 24 elders, the yeah. white robes. It could have just said there were people around. They right. were sitting. It was very detailed. And I don't think for me personally, when I think of heaven, I don't know if I've ever given it the attention yeah. to all those finer details that it properly deserves. Yeah. So I love that you asked that question. Yeah. Well, I, I used an illustration because when I, whenever I was a kid, about eight years old, I used to think about heaven and it used to give me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like my blood would rush, my heart would pump. I'd feel like, I, I just feel anxious in my body because I couldn't, it was like I was viewing this long road that I could not reach the end of. And that to me was like, there's no finality. There's no end to this thing. I can't grasp or understand. And it almost made me feel like there was a a lightness in my chest that could not find like a secure ground. And then my grandpa tried to help me out one time and was like, hey, heaven's like this endless row of pizzas, your favorite food that you can eat forever. And I was like, this isn't helping. (laughs) No. Yeah. And I think the key thing that was missing from that, and I mentioned it on Sunday, was Jesus. Like, man, I think when, when we think societally and culturally about heaven, Inside and outside the church, we lean far more towards things like maybe it's going to be really boring. Maybe uh, maybe we'll see that loved one again and I'll get to spend eternity fishing with grandpa. Mm-hmm. Or I've been working really, really hard. I can't wait for that eternal rest where I'm not going to have to lift a finger. And I'll be living in that mansion and probably have a butler and get all the things that I've ever wanted. Um, or we lean towards like the reward. Like, oh, I've been a good person. Like, so I think I'm going to go to the paradise place because I've been a good person. And all of those, except for the boring part, are accurate. There, there, are, there are elements, especially with reuniting us with loved ones and having rest from hard work. But the other two, being really boring and being a reward for good people, I mean— There's a lot of good people who are yeah. good morally that maybe don't yeah. know Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that comes from our standard and measurement mm-hmm. and, and what's your measurement and what's your standard objectively for, for good— Right, and I think we all have our own idea of that, mm-hmm. which should be evidence enough to show us that that's not enough. No, that's no. not. Yeah, what we think is good, no one can totally and fully agree on right now. So we have to seek a higher source than ourselves of what good is. That's why I went into Genesis. Like mm-hmm. God created everything, and everything He made, He saw that it was good. Yeah. And then when He got to creating man in His image and likeness, that's the only thing He says was very good. Very good. And I think when we look at what God says as good then maybe we can kind of be, maybe we can kind of see and maybe pair that with Romans 3, like every person has sinned and fallen short of God's glory. There is no one who is good, as the psalmist says, not even one. And we can align ourselves with that and see that heaven is so much more just in those examples from Scripture than just being with loved ones or having rest from work. It's so much more. And I just got into, I found myself saying that over and over again on Sunday, like, 
like like seventy percent of what I said just wasn't in my notes. Like I ended <laughs> up just rolling with with this idea that heaven, like hell, is communicated far more than heaven is in the scriptures. Yeah. And in heaven, we we almost it's so glorious and so magnificent. I mean, even the words that John tries to describe with is there's this. There's one seated on the throne, and he who sat there had the appearance of, like, so we don't get, like, a bodily form or anything, but we get, like, gems and stones and colors and light and songs and all of this stuff to kind of communicate the glory that is there. And I think the missing piece from our main view is the missing piece of what John is seeing. Yeah. It's Jesus. Jesus. It's the triune God. We will be in the presence of God. And that was kind of my first point, like we're going to behold the beauty and the glory of God and all the things that John sees just captivates his attention and takes it from off of himself and toward the holy God that he is before. And what I found amazing is in the midst of of all of these things, in the midst of everything that John is seeing through these 11 verses, he only says, I, twice. Mm. And it's in verse one, I looked and behold, I heard speaking. And then the rest of the time, it's not even behold, it's, and there was, and, and there, there was. was this, and there was this, and there was that. It's it, it's so captivating that he has to forego even saying, I saw this, I saw that. It was, there was, there was. I think of the excitement of a kid going to Disney or yeah. watching a movie. Um, I'm a kid from like, the, I was born in the late 70s. Don't so. age yourself here. Uh, I no. don't care. I, I'm just kidding. I'm over it. I just, you know, I am where I am and it's great. <laughs> Uh, the never-ending story. Yeah. Familiar with the movie? Uh-huh. Yeah. And Atreyu. Atreyu. Right? Yeah. There's so much dark and light in yeah. that, that when John is speaking to this, that was like my vision was kind yeah. of going yeah. to the princess, all those things. God, like, I hope you don't have to walk through those cherubim with right? laser eyes no, to get into the kingdom. <laughs> like, but yeah. we think, we think we have to, and I love yeah. that John was blessed with this gift to see it. Yeah. And then to speak it to to tell us yeah. what he saw. And it wasn't I saw the, like the kids going to Disney and I saw Mickey and Goofy was there. Right. And this and they get so excited that I kind of yeah. feel like that's where John was speaking from was that point of yeah. it can't even be about me because right. it's so much bigger. Yeah, that's that's a perfect example and a perfect illustration. Like uh, when you go to a place like that, your focus is no longer on yourself. You are taking in everything, everything. around you because it's so captivating. Yeah. And that's a taste of what we see here in the passage. Like like we will behold the beauty and the glory of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit for eternity, so much so that our focus will never be on us. It will always be on God because He will satisfy every desire. He will fulfill every need, and it's going to be the most amazing thing that we'll ever see. And that's about as far as I could go based on what we had in <laughs> verses 1 through 11, but I think I think what's so beautiful about the kingdom of God and about what we see in Jesus is that we are invited into this now. Yeah. Like we are invited to see that taste of heaven on earth now in Poplar Bluff or in Butler County now. Like Psalm 19.1 I quoted, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. The creation that God made and and called good, yes, it is fallen and broken now, this side of sin, but the majesty of it still points to the Creator, Always. still points to God's glory and His, I mean, it says it right there, the heavens declare the glory of God. And then we even see it in the way that Jesus was for us in the scriptures and was for us fully God, fully man. In Hebrews 1, it says He's the radiance of, again, the glory, the glory. of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And then 1 Corinthians 2, 
um, there's a quote, it's basically quoting Isaiah 64, which mm. the translation in the Hebrew is, no eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. No one's ever seen someone as glorious and as beautiful and as amazing and as fearful and as frightening and as awesome as Yahweh, as God, yeah. as God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit fully manifest in his presence, and we will get to be there. But we are invited with what we know of Jesus in the scriptures, with what we know of our relationship with God through prayer and through through spending time with him and how we how we orchestrate our relationships with people around us. We're invited to see a taste of that beauty and that glory now. And I think we need to pause here and focus yeah. on that. Um, so it's been a very heavy week for our community. Poplar Bluff is yeah. a smaller town. The surrounding counties kind of feed into it. It's the bigger city, and I use that word very loosely. It's got the Walmart. Um, <laughs> we have two of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's been a lot going on yeah. worldly. Yeah. On my way over here, I was having a conversation with my mother-in-law, and we were talking about some of the things that have happened that were not good. They are not good. Yeah. It's dark and it's heavy. And she's like, this world is so broken. She's like, it is so depressing. And I said, Donna, yeah. this week we've got to focus. We have to look at the cross. We have to remember yeah. what is coming. If we get sucked in, yeah. it's going to take us. And I think as Christians, we carry that weight differently, and we yeah. need to be that light yeah. when the the death, the disease, the yeah. devastation, the finances, whatever it may be yeah. that wants to suck us into the worldly things. I think going back to this— and reminding ourselves Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the yeah. exact imprint on his nature. It is yeah. not about us. Yeah. We need to look at that cross and focus our attention there because yeah. the world will suck us in fast. Yeah. You're absolutely right. This last week, two weeks, we, I mean, we've our community has experienced loss of life. We've seen death. We've seen abuse. We've seen misuse so and neglect. I mean, my goodness. And <sighs> it seems like in a really dark way, it's fitting for the the week of Lent. Yeah, it's fitting for this dark time where we look around and we see brokenness and we see, we see, the what appears to be the absence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that moment, I mean, we have, we we have in that moment of the the last breath of Jesus and this mystery the that fully God, fully man, God the Father turns His face away and it pleased Him to crush His Son and. And all of these things that are so difficult to understand and almost mysterious that we can't fully describe, we are witnessing around us yeah. during this week. And I love the perspective that you just talked about of understanding that God's with us in mm-hmm. all of that. And God was with the disciples through Holy Week into uh, through Lent into the time of Jesus's death and and then ultimately his resurrection. But to look around now and to see and declare to people listening to this, maybe you've been closely connected to one of these tragedies that we've seen in uh, Poplar Bluff and in Butler County in the last couple of weeks. God's with you. Yeah. He is present and with you. Psalm he was 23. with Judas. Yeah. Like, yeah. Today's the day that, you know, feet were washed yeah. and things happened and, yeah. and he was there. Yeah. He knew. David said in Psalm 23, everyone knows this one, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil thing because you are with, with me. me. So I want to encourage you, if you're close to those tragedies and close to those uh, sorrowful moments from the last couple of weeks, God's with you and we're praying for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we went on to say that uh, we don't just get to 
behold the beauty of God, but we also get to be with the people of God. And I think that is absolutely yeah, necessary. This was a fun one, and this is one I have I don't knows about. There are a lot of people who say that the 24 elders are like representations of angels or angelic beings that aren't human, or maybe they represent like tribes of Israel and then further like communities of God's people and all of that. But um, basically, when we look at Scripture and we see the, descrip- the descriptions that John gives us, they're clothed in white garments and they have crowns on their heads, and we have passages in Revelation 3 and 1 Peter 5 that, def- <clears throat> excuse me, that define and describe believers who love Christ, who have gone on to be with Jesus as having those white garments and the golden crowns. Mm-hmm. And so it was really fun to get to talk about <coughs> Excuse me. I breathed in some spit for those of you who want to know some <laughs> behind the scenes goodies. Um, it was really fun to talk about because like there's this tension, right? Like, are we fully going to know those whom we love? Are we fully going to recognize anybody? Because it, it is said in the scriptures that that in heaven they're neither male nor female are given to one another in marriage and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so that's been taken to lengths. Um, from people of saying, like, we're not going to recognize anybody, we're not going to know anybody, um, and any of that. And I quoted Charles Spurgeon, and it was essentially this long quote that was almost the opposite end of it, of, like, what kind of a heaven would it be if we didn't know those whom went before us right. to be with the Lord? Yeah, some things might be a little different and more intended as God designed them to be, right. which is good news for us in a way that we probably can't understand. But man, like... Those two tensions are like, I'm not going to know anybody, and I'm just going to be fully focused on God, and it's going to be a loner thing. So that's what I'll do now. Introverts are happy. Yeah, or the extroverts are going to be like, well, I don't want to isolate to a group of people, Mm -hmm. but I think, and there's the other side of the pendulum that essentially is like, well, the one thing that I'm looking forward to doing for all of eternity is going fishing with my brother or my loved one or drinking beer and playing golf with the buddies or whatever. And, And what we find in God's goodness is, is a blending of all of these things. Like, I truly believe that we will see and know the lost loved ones that we have experienced, their loss of life here. And then we will get to not just be with them and have a good time, but we get to be with the one who brought us back together and give him glory and honor and praise through song and through prayers and through, man, I believe like we're going to have fun (laughs) in heaven. I believe that I believe I've always wanted to sail and I'm a firm believer that one day Jesus is going to teach me how to sail on the new earth. Cooper can help. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Like I'd love to see Coop there and teach me how to mend the sails and hoist the main and all of that stuff, fix the rudder, dive in and and fix what's broken. But I believe we're going to sit at the table and play games together and eat and laugh and tell stories and talk to the patriarchs and be like, what were you thinking? You put your son on that altar. Like, right, But I think it's going to be, all of that is a testament to God's goodness and his grace. And it, and it sort of gives us a taste of this perfect unity that we will be mm-hmm. in. And man, if there's something that we could use, <laughs> Some, yeah, if there's something that we could utilize now that would give us a taste of eternity, it's unity. Yeah, I said yeah. that on Sunday, unity now prepares us for eternity. Like, And I think... I, even in churches, like yeah. getting people. I remember when my husband was baptized and this person meant well. Oh, I know his heart. I know yeah. he meant well. He asked specifically what, not, hey, you finally took this step into obedience. Dude, yeah. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. That is so cool. He's like, did they say this or did they say that? And I'm like, we're arguing I'll fight a month. that guy right? in the parking lot. I was Come just on, man. so deflated in that moment. Like, yeah. Can just just be excited for him right yeah. now. Like this is huge things, and this yeah. is, and this is in the 
church culture. Right. We're not always unified. Yeah. But Jesus is that perfect unification of all of us that my idea of heaven does not include fishing. I do not have the patience to sit on the bank. I don't do sit still well. Yeah. Fish gigging, whole different thing, and I'm your girl. Um, <laughs> You're spear fishing I at am. that point. I am, exactly. It's, it's more Is action. Is gigging more frogs? Uh, you can do fish? frogs, but we do fish a lot okay. around here in the, okay. in the winter months. Yeah. The fish move slower in the cold water. Yeah. But for me, like Tyler and I are different people. We're not going to have the same view of perfect heaven, and we don't have to because a perfect heaven yeah. includes Jesus being yeah. there and we're with God, and that should be... Yeah, and because what it is already exists. Exactly. <laughs> like, we can disagree till we get there. Yes. When we get there, we'll be like, this is what it is. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, th- I love the idea of unity now preparing us for eternity because it's it's right in conjunction with what Jesus prayed and what's called his high priestly prayer. I quoted this on Sunday from John 17. Jesus prayed for us like he he has like like five or six verses where he prays for the disciples and then he goes on and says I don't ask for these only the disciples but also for those who will believe in me through their word that's us you and me mm-hmm. now that <coughs> excuse me I did it again <laughs> that they may all be one just as you father are in me and I in you and then he goes on to say the glory that you have given me I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one I and them and you and me, that they may become, and here it is, perfectly one. And I think what's beautiful about that is that Jesus prayed for that. Mm -hmm. And we will see that prayer answered and come to full fruition. And we will be in perfect unity for all of eternity in the presence of the beauty and the majesty and the glory of the triune God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And we can do that now. Like, mm-hmm. And I asked on Sunday, like, are we are we striving for unity? Like, are we striving for that now? Is, is the conversation that's been looming for years with mom or with dad or with yeah. your brother or sister just hanging there or with a coworker? Like, in God's grace, he's given us this opportunity to taste what this unity will be like in heaven now. Mm-hmm. And that comes from humility and reconciliation. So I would just encourage you, don't wait on them. No. Don't wait on that person. Just call them and be like, hey, I know things are weird, but I love you too much for this to 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 wedge a division between the two of us while we are here. And I want to practice what we're going to be doing in heaven together yeah. right now. And Jesus prayed for this. And so I believe that we can find reconciliation. Oh, I Will challenge. you forgive me? I forgive you. Yeah. I love you. Come over to the house and have dinner this week and let's play Uno or something like that. Like mend those knots and untie those knots and mend those wounds so that we can get, so that you can participate in a taste now of what it is in heaven of how we will be perfectly one just as Jesus prayed. Well, I challenge those believers who have those strained relationships. You reach out to your, like, I, I reach out to my friends and say, hey, having a rough morning, I've got, you know, teenage kids or. What's that like? It's it's (laughs) awesome and great and terrifying and all the things because you are no longer in control. I am an influencer. You have moved from control to influencer. Yeah, I'm like Instagram famous, only not famous on Instagram because I'm only an influencer because that's all I can do is kind of suggest and guide. And those are hard things to pray for. Yeah. But it gives me such a peace and such a hope to know that Jesus prayed for me. Yeah. In this, Jesus was not praying anything he didn't know. He was praying for any relationship that I may have strife or brokenness or whatever. Jesus was praying, hey, Nikki, 
this will be better. I need you to be the, you're the believer. You believe in me. You go fix this. You do that unity. And Jesus prayed for that for me. And so I challenge other people, if you've got that, it's not easy. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's not hard, but we're not going to be perfect. We're perfectly in him. Yeah. Amen. And so that is, you know, I think getting that taste of heaven here. Yeah. And, and remembering that. Yeah. I think it's what we put our for, forefront yeah. of our brain. There's been a there's been a passage in Colossians three that I've kind of used as like the the foundation for the the driving force behind the worship ministry and the culture that we've been attempting to kind of Im, <clears throat> that, that implement into mm-hmm. West Side. And it's Colossians three, uh, fifteen through seventeen. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm hold on a second. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs with one another, and doing it all with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, yeah. again, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And I think I think what's beautiful about this unity is like it's not just in our lives outside the church. No. That's, that's a huge piece of it because yes. we're not doing what we do on Sunday every day. Mm-mm. But Sunday is almost even more of a larger peak behind the curtain because we see all of these things. We see God's, We see Jesus speaking, and that's God's word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you which, richly. Teaching and admonishing one another, that is a correction or mm-hmm. like maybe even like, hey, remember what God has done. And we see, we see the 24 elders saying that. Worthy are you, Lord, to receive glory and honor and praise for you created all things, and by your will they existed. We're mm-hmm. remembering who God is and what he has done. Um, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, and then singing psalms and hymns yeah. and spiritual songs. we got two songs in these 11 verses yeah. of Revelation chapter 4, and then thankfulness and honor and glory, and those are just peppered throughout this passage. And the word throne is used 12 times, which I think is amazing and attributes this massive authority and glory to God. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to say in terms of unity is, don't stop going to church. No. Like if you don't come to Westside, that's fine. Make sure you go to a church, go to a gathering, because in God's grace, we get to experience in the Sunday gathering even more of a taste of what we will be doing yeah. in heaven and what's going on there right now. Yeah. We get to join in with it, which is amazing. I absolutely love that. So uh, we talked about uh, we will behold the beauty and glory of God. We will be with the people of God. And then lastly, what will we be doing together? We will bring our worship to God. We'll bring our praise and our worship to him. And this is just where I got like extremely well, emotional. Well, it speaks to your heart. Like yeah. you will never hear Nikki sing. <laughs> if you do. Do it right now. Race no, it, go. I'm so Nikki sorry. Sing. <laughs> no, um, I will not hurt. Like I sing loud and well, and usually where the radio is loud enough, you can't hear me. Yeah. It's not, it's not my heart. Um, I, I enjoy yeah. singing, but I don't, ha- it's a different gifting you have. Yeah. And so you in this, like what, where did you want to, what could you not add to this? Cause Everything. you did get emotional. Everything. I mean, I, I talked about what John saw. We bow together, sing together, remember what God has done. Those are in verses 10 through all of 11. And then even I believe in God's intended design in Genesis two fifteen and two twenty, uh, we will work mm-hmm. like God God took the man, Adam, and put him in the garden to work it and mm-hmm. to keep it. Like work was designed before the fall. Yeah. Which I believe, it, and which takes me to the next thing, is that in God's goodness and we are created in his image and likeness, God's a creative God. Mm-hmm. I also believe that we will get to create 
Like maybe I'll write songs with Jesus and oh, we'll sing cool. them for eternity. Like maybe we'll get to write poetry and, and have a poetry night where we get to, well, there will be no night there, but right. maybe we'll have a, a poetry day and we will get a chance to get up and use our creativity to the glory and the honor of God. Like Genesis 2.20, there's some creativity. Then uh, Adam gave names to all the livestock and the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. Like God allowed Adam to reflect his glory with creativity in naming things. And mm-hmm. I think the last thing he named was a fly because that was probably, he's like, I'm done. That's just called a fly. I really like. <laughs> Do you guys name your cattle? Do you guys name um, your livestock? Some, some things get named. Uh, the lambs every year because they are going to be then sold. Yeah. Um, they get really generic names. And this year we have um, a black lamb, which is, yeah. he's super cute. So we have the black lamb. What's his name? Uh, the black lamb. The black lamb. The black lamb. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. That's creative. That I love it. Um, the black lamb and then the one with the spot because he's got one. This is a white lamb with one black spot on his leg. So when you call them, you say, hey, the black one. Mm-hmm. And the one with, yeah. We, or hey, the one yeah. with the spot. Mm-hmm. That's really uh, last awesome. Last year we had, I think it was uh, seven and eight. And that yeah. was because their ear tags, the last number. So when they don't tags. go up for auction, what do you like? How, how I want to know the process of naming something with endearment. Like um, when you name something that's not going, when you name a livestock that's not going um, up for auction. Got you. Because we might know what uh, um, what happens after auction. We right. We get into yeah, all that. Yeah. But like, it, mm-hmm. like what, so how do you go about naming? Like our dogs, because we, yeah. we have, um, we have three dogs. Yeah. And we actually have seven, we actually have 10 dogs in the Mauser farm right now because we've Let's got go. seven puppies. Yeah. Um, they are themed name. They are theme named yeah um their names are themed they're yeah yeah uh, so we have uh bullet gunner and kimber okay um kimber is that a is that a gun company uh-huh. or, okay yeah i was gonna say that the second amendment not from is around strong. here sorry um the second amendment strong in the in, in, in my world uh so that's kind of where they yeah. kind of come through yeah um I but love that. That's cre- oh, it's creative. It, like, well, it started with the first dog is a pit bull mix. Yeah. And so bull, bullet kind of yeah. worked. And then we went from there. That's really but, cool. But they name do. the next one Cannon. Uh, we had a Remington in there for a while. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Great. And I know other, like, like Smith with and naming, Wesson, get right. over here. Naming your kids. I kind of feel like Adam was doing this like the way we name our children. It yeah. means something. Um, if ever I am. When I'm in heaven and I get to talk to Adam, I'll be like, where did you get hippopotamus? Like, <laughs> have you tried to spell that What's word as the Hebrew first grader? Like, that's a lot. Oh, man. That's great. Well, that's yeah, you, you asked, where did I want to go with this? Like, what did I not include? And I just, yeah. I, everything. Everything. Seriously. Okay. Like, it's so much more. It's so much more than just getting to go fishing with the buddies. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than even singing and bowing and remembering. Like, we will literally be in the fully satisfying, no temptations, no desires outside of the presence of God. We will be so fully satisfied that we won't want anything else, and we will have an eternity to discover and to enjoy God. I love that. And it takes eternity to do that. Like, I just, I couldn't go into it. Like, I couldn't continue. if, If a description of heaven and the joy that it brings was... A 10 billion mile deep sea made of iron. I didn't even begin to, to scratch a, a micrometer of flaking with a chisel off, off the surface of I that. I love that. And how deep and beautiful and how forever and final this is. And so, I, I mean, I got really emotional because it was, it was part of, it's just part of how God's created me. I'm an emotional person. If you don't know that, then 
you don't know me. Well, but let's <laughs> but, let's speak to some of those viewers who maybe aren't yeah in our Sunday gathering in yeah. person. Yeah. Um. So Tyler's got some news that you've shared yeah. with the church. Yeah. So uh, several weeks ago, I talked to the board. It was about a month ago now. I talked to the board, and then a week after that, we talked to the worship team, and then um, we presented it to the church uh, two weeks ago now. Um, I, this is going to be one of my final podcasts. Yeah. Um, I submitted my resignation to the board uh, about a month ago, and my wife and our three kids and our dog and maybe our cat, if, if they allow it, are moving back to uh, where we're from originally nine years ago, northern Colorado. We moved here on April 1st. 2013, I pulled into this town. Wow. And my, I called my wife. I was like, hey, I think I'm here because I came out first and she was bringing like the 10 boxes of stuff that we had. Mm-hmm. We've been married for two years almost. And and uh, we came out and she like she was going to bring the boxes and the dogs in the U-Haul. I came out to go to work early mm-hmm. to start work immediately. And I, pull, I remember pulling up to the town, calling Kayla and being like, I think I'm here. I just saw Welcome to Poplar Bluff, Gateway to the Ozarks sign. Go. And she's like, well, what do you see? And I was like, I see a super, I see a super eight motel, a Raven ta- Oh, there's a Kroger. Okay. And a Taco Bell. And then I was like, there's a, uh, well, Domino's wasn't there yet, but like, there's a, what was it? Kmart was, Kmart Kmart was there? still there. Yeah. I was like, there's a Kmart <clears throat> and then, um, a gas station, a gas station, a liquor store, a gas station. Yep, and I was right. like, and a Walmart, a Home Depot and a Subway. And I was like, I think that's it. Pretty much. I was driving down Westwood and yeah. I was like, where are we moving? <laughs> like, but nine years later, I mean, yeah. April 1st was two weeks ago. Yeah. That was nine years ago mm-hmm. that I did that. And we have lived through a lot of life in the last nine years here. And when we landed at Westside in 2000. 14 was the Christmas Eve service we came and served at. And then 2000, by the summer of 2015, we were volunteering mm-hmm. a lot. And then later that year um, in August, uh, I was brought on part-time. And so we've been at Westside for seven to eight years yeah. now. Um, and we've had three babies mm-hmm. since we've moved here, Jesse, Ethan, and Eden. Uh, we've lost one of our puppies, uh, Justice. And we have built, I mean, we've put roots down here. Mm-hmm. And we have built relationships and family through Westside in a way that's really, really hard to describe. I mean, I have not, this is the longest I've ever worked in one place. This is the longest I've ever worked with a, a person, with Pastor Jason. Right. Um, and it was doing what I absolutely love, to watch the church go from, you know, 30 to 50 people to just pre-COVID, I mean, yeah, we were at four. Yeah, so many people, and then doing exciting things in the community, like the Coliseum for Easter. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, we did that two years, and then the Rogers. This will be our second year there, and it has just been a blessing, yeah, and a gift. And uh, there are several reasons as to why we have decided to to resign and move back to Colorado. One of them is family. We, oh. want, we want our kiddos to be so. When we moved here, we didn't. We didn't know anybody. Right. We moved across the country for a job. Our closest family when we moved here was Colorado or Texas. Mm. And now I've got family in Florida, Kansas City, Colorado, and Texas. And um, 
Jessie's now at that age where she's asking about family and wanting to play with the cousins. Well, I've gotten tickled over the years because I have your mother-in-law's name and phone number in my phone (laughs) from when she comes in to visit because Jessie Ray doesn't always want, didn't always want to stay back there because grandma's here. And I'm like, if she's not good in five, I'll text you. You can come get her. And (laughs) I I love that though, but it is raising small people far away from family connections. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Well, and the childcare piece of it is no, no big deal. I mean, no, like, it's, yeah, it's tough on a Sunday mornings or on Thursday nights when we've got to bounce yeah. off the stage repeatedly. And there are several other worship team members. Look, we all we have so many babies at Westside, yeah. but that that's not been the struggle. Our kids no. have just come with us everywhere we've went. And uh, what, what's what's difficult is, you know, Jesse will be five in August. Yeah. She needs to know grandma, grandpa's cousins. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Stuff. The and extended so family. We want to do that. And and another big reason is. Um, I mean, I, I truly believe that I'm called to the ministry. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I absolutely uh, am having a really difficult time with letting this piece go for a while. Thank you for saying for a while, because that uh, is exactly how that'll play. The Lord saved me when I was 13 at a young age um, by His grace. And I, I believe that there's been a lot of sanctification that's taken place from the last 20 years. Um, and I started serving on a Sunday morning when I was 14. Learned how to play guitar, I was singing, and all of that stuff. And I'll be 34 this year in August. And so I've been doing this pretty much every weekend, even the weekend Kayla and I got married. Not because we had to, but because we loved it so much. We we set up everything at the church we were in in Colorado that morning. We led worship. We tore it all down. And then we drove to the venue to get married. Like, that's how ingrained it's been in us to be involved in this. And we, two decades, like... It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm... It's a hard thing to let go for a season because it's my dream and it's what I absolutely love doing. And I've loved by by God's grace that Westside has has provided for us to be able to for, for me to be able to provide for my family for doing what I love and all of that. Um, but for a season, uh, I'm, we're not going. I mean, we're going to go to a church. We're I, I I don't know how quickly we'll get involved in serving, but I'm right. not going to be employed in any level of ministry for a while. Well, there's there's <clears throat> Bible goes in several places into seasons of rest. Yeah, and you need that. You yeah. need that to to. It's kind of like you know when you're in the dark, when you're in the depression. If you don't look for something light, yeah. you're not going to see it. You can't stay in a permanent place of yeah. brightness either and appreciate yeah. the light. And I think you guys are really in a transitional season. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason why listening to I was in the back with the kids, but I listened to the sermon later and I could feel the emotion in your voice and we yeah. could hear it. Being one of the, you know, like that was one of the last times you will stand yeah, in that pulpit. That is, that is the last time that I will preach at Westside was yeah. this last Sunday. That was one of the main reasons why I was also very weepy on well, Sunday morning. <clears throat> but it speaks to where God has brought you yeah. and Kayla. Like it is, I am personally so excited for you guys because yeah. I, under, I understand. I've lived away from family with small yeah. children. And it's not, I need a babysitter for a Friday right. night. Yeah. Um, Lionel Richie did not get his own kids ready on Sunday morning. <laughs> he would have never have made that song. <laughs> yeah. It is about family. Yeah. Grandma's coming to, you know, award events. Yeah. And those, those things that absolutely yeah. the community of the family the blood ties there yeah i'm excited for that for you guys but Thank it you. is bittersweet because yeah i don't remember a time when you've had kids at west side that i wasn't seeing them on right. a daily hey jesse ray you gonna come with me today nope yeah. <laughs> or yep or you know yeah 
there's I, a lot of us that feel that way. Yeah, it's a. I think one of the hardest things is um, I say yes to a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just kind of my personality and a product of who I am from my childhood. And um, if if I was if I was not a believer, I like I would push through something like this forever. Yeah. Um, and I think it's healthiest for our family that we take a break for a little while, yeah. that we take a rest for a little while. And uh, the church was gracious last year when our daughter was born, gave us six weeks of a sabbatical, mm-hmm. and and that was wonderful. Um, but I'm I'm thinking beyond that, like you've have, not had it. Yeah. Well, and I'm, in those six weeks, I like I was taking care of Kayla, and she was taking care of the baby, and then I was on toddler duty, you know, full time. So uh, we, you know, it was, it was a fun time for me to connect with the kids and be there. Um, It was also pretty stressful, (laughs) but it was, yeah, that brings with, well, you guys went from man on man defense to zone and that's, yeah, that's a lot more. I think what I'm trying to get at is, is I am receiving this as a gift Mm -hmm. um, that I didn't ask for. uh, But I'm also very excited for what the season of life looks like. Yeah. And I want to, I want Jesse to, I want Jesse to know who her daddy is outside of just being a pastor. Yeah. Like I want Ethan to know who his daddy is outside of playing music. Like, mm-hmm. and I think those will be those are things that God has just brought to my attention long before I'm a pastor, long before I'm a worship guy. I'm a husband and I'm a dad. Yeah. And I'm going to try and be laser focused on those things mm-hmm. for the next season of our life. And so. If you didn't know the news, that's the heartbreaking that's news. The news. Um, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to to our future. We actually we close on our house and we'll be leaving. Uh, we'll be driving away from Poplar Bluff uh, two weeks from yesterday. Wow, which is wild uh, to think about that. So next week, I think we're going to do a, a little podcast stuff about. I've been here for a little over seven years. What are seven things that that God's taught me um, and that I've learned and that I'll take with me and all of that. And so. I can't wait to talk about that. That's going to be fun and, and difficult. But um, but yeah, that'll be that'll be next week. So this week was great. I really enjoyed talking about heaven. I could talk about it forever. Um, I think it's a great, uh, and, I think it was a very, yeah. I, I see God's timing in that yeah. for Jason to be away, yeah. um, guest speaking at one of our sister churches at yeah. Marietta, at Grace go. Marietta. And so for Tyler to step up into that pulpit to speak about what heaven is going to be like, but even more a little bittersweet yeah. and great that it is how we're going to bring our worship to God yeah. kind of does bring that all full circle because as yeah. you're ending this season of life, you and Kayla are moving into the next season you guys are still pointing right back yeah. to God. You guys are very good at knowing where you are and why you're where you are. And that's mm. great to Thank witness. You. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I wish I could have talked more about imagination. That's probably a good answer for your Ooh. question. Like I, I, I believe one of the reasons God gave us an imagination was to think about these things. Yeah. Was to think about how beautiful, how glorious is he. So like, yeah. Heading home to Colorado. Yeah. Beautiful country. Beautiful it's part ma- of the it's world. It's a magical place. Yeah. Um, I've lived all my life here, with the exception yeah. of a few years here in Southeast. Have Missouri. you ever been to Colorado? Yes. Where'd yes. you go? Um, we went um, Colorado Springs all yep. the way up to Cheyenne. So awesome. we've been through Denver, and yep. we did Pikes Peak, which terrified me because <laughs> I don't like heights. Um, we stopped in Greeley for a while, and then we went on up into Cheyenne, and it is yeah. beautiful. 
I always question people when they have like those that say, I don't believe in God when they've got a kid. I, I look at them like they've yeah. lost their mind. Right. But then like for us around here, current river is our like sanctuary yeah. and it is such a beautiful place. Yeah. I've been on cruises and been to other parts of the world. And when yeah. you feel so small in those moments, yeah. you can see God. Yeah. And I think he gives us those glimpses of heaven. Yeah. Like I, when someone says picture heaven, it's kind of like a mashup between the middle of the ocean yeah. The Grand Canyon, the Rocky Mountains, Current River, like yeah. all of those beautiful things that I think I couldn't picture how grand those yeah. things are. And I think you saying imagination is perfect because yeah. my imagination is not as big as God's paintbrush. Mm, that's good. That's really good. And I think you did a very good job of explaining, hey guys, we don't get it. When yeah. it comes to heaven, we, we got ideas. And, yeah. and I think even John in this passage using I twice and then saying he was so captivated by yeah. all of the things that that is going to be us. You know, what's interesting is through the rest, uh, the last 20, well, 19 chapters after this <laughs> of Revelation, John never speaks. Mm -mm. Like there, there are angels and there are, th there, you know, he is spoken to yeah. and he obeys if he's commanded to do something, but he never says, and I said, like there's a moment where he goes to bow down and he says, and I began to bow down and worship. And this angel said, said, get up. You must not do that. Like, but we don't, we don't have him saying, I'm going to, you know, and I said, I worship you or anything. He doesn't speak. He's mm. silent. And that to me is interesting. Like it's that beautiful. It's that majestic. It's that captivating. It's that amazing because God is that there are no words. No. Like, Yeah. I just love it. I love it. Well, I think it's great. Yeah, I had a I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, and uh, thank you guys for being patient with us for these forty eight minutes and the last <laughs> twenty listening to our news. But we have some good news coming. Uh, we have Easter at the Rogers. We talked about Good Friday. Easter at the Rogers is this this Sunday, April seventeenth at ten a.m. at the Rogers. We have talked this thing up for the last month. We are excited about it. There's going to be golf carts to shuttle you and your family from the parking place up to the front door. You'll have welcome signs and people welcoming you. Outside will be photo booths for you to get that picture-perfect family picture. Make sure everyone's wearing salmon or the perfect pattern or whatever. And then Coordinating come, colors. Yeah, get all that the right way. Use your imagination. Wear something fun. Come inside and find some tables in the lobby. Last year was a little packed, a little crowded in the lobby. It, it yeah, was. So come, if you're going to do concessions, know what you want before you get there. Yeah. Try your hardest to be like, okay, everyone wants a popcorn. Show up, run in, five popcorns. Thank you, bye. Run out. And then run into the uh, the the actual Rogers Theater and that's where we will throw the party and it will yeah. be an awesome time. Um, the kids' side booth will be set up in the theater right behind the sound booth. Awesome. We've moved over to the middle this year. That's great. Um, the balloon arch will kind of give it away where the kids' <laughs> stuff is. We'll have grab bags for the kids like yeah. we do the first Sunday of the month. We also are going to be doing some giveaways. So bring the kids by the booth yeah. and they can take home some super cool stuff That's awesome. that we're working for. But the kids open. Yeah. Easter at the Rogers, and we are so excited yeah. to have that opportunity and to share it with all of you. Come as you are. Last yeah. year, I was in jeans and chucks. Yep. This year, I'll probably be in jeans and Birkenstocks. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't wear suits. I'll be wearing jeans and probably a West Side shirt and yeah. a hat and a vest or something. Yeah. But yeah, well, come out. We love you guys. We want you to be a part of that. There are two major events we do every year. It's like a fall festival, and people get hurt, you know doing oh. fun things and I'm just kidding we have a fall festival there's lots of fun games but and then it's Easter Easter is the massive celebration we want to celebrate like Jesus really 
is alive. He is. He is. Amen and amen. So come out to that. Uh, any more information you want, you can check out our website, westsidepb.org. You can listen to this podcast where you're listening to it right now. And you can join us at Facebook Live online at 10 a.m. or in our in-person worship gatherings on Sunday at 10 a.m. at 2807 Shannon Drive in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Got any questions for future podcasts? Like, will we see angels in heaven? Or are we going to get married in heaven? Or any of that stuff? You can send those in to info at westsidepb.org, and Nikki will answer them all theologically accurately and perfectly (laughs) correct. No. No, I'm teasing. I'll answer them, and it yeah. may be, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know is always a perfect answer, um, because it's honest. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you guys again for tuning in to the rest of the sermon. We love you. We'll catch you on the flip side. And as always, may everything we say and do be all about Jesus. Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Come to Easter. Easter.